story about we're kind of in a second part now of a uh, discussion on the budget for Saskatoon. So kind of as we're heading into that holiday season, as we're heading into a weekend where they're saying, guys, if you're looking outside at the weather, it's pretty warm for a December day today. Going into the weekend, it's supposed to be potentially up to the double digits. So um, civically speaking, uh, listeners, wow, we got lots. The the weather is weather. But let's look at the weather of the city. I'm going to throw it to our new guy who's not so new to this show, but we're going to start it over here with Jeff Jackson. And just, Jeff, you know, first kind of out-of-the-gate thoughts now that the budget was done last week and we're kind of going into the next round of discussions of council trying to sew up some stuff before the holiday season embarks. Well, I guess uh, thank you for having me tonight. Um, You know, looking at the the budget here of... uh, uh, a tax increase of 3.7% in 2020, 3.87% in 2021. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't see a lot here for average everyday folks. And uh, I am a, a, a fairly concerned uh, about the direction of this city. So, so we saw a lot of theatrics uh, in city council, and we always do, and and so um, it was. It was just interesting to see the the breaks on some of these uh, some of these votes. And uh, so I, I was really interested in a couple of things. Um, you know, the this we, we talked about this earlier, but we talked about um, multi year budgeting and uh, how this is one of the first times maybe that that City Hall is has really talked to citizens about what uh, uh, they can expect for increases in, in a multi-year kind of uh, uh, world that we live in, I guess. And um, so it was interesting to watch that. Um, but next year could be interesting if we have an election right around a budget time and what that actually means uh, moving forward. So um, I, I didn't have a lot tonight to talk about. I, I was really, you know, I'm dancing around it because I didn't yeah. see a lot here for everyday citizens, I okay. guess. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Wendy, now that you're going into week two here of looking at the budget, um, you know, where we talked about a few issues last week, some big, 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 big hitters and like the library and the arena and kind of what happens there. Any thoughts now or any word on the street? Um, the thing that... I like, I, and I kind of hinted at it last week. Is the city has no vision? They don't sit there and go, "Okay, to make the city better, these are the steps we need to make." They just seem to juggle things around, and the, we're giving a little bit less than what we proposed to the library, and we're doing this for the fire department, and we're doing, and it just seems like they're playing. Still, they haven't. They haven't really given me a feeling that they care about the direction of the city. They just seem to want to add on fees and leave us hanging you know the small guys okay so some echoing a little bit of jeff's sentiments here i agree on this time okay i know pat's got a laundry list going here so (laughs) pat Pat, you've got the floor for a bit oh i'm not gonna spend a lot of time i just kind of think that we've got we we're going into a a multi-year budgeting process Great idea, but why would you do it just on the verge of a civic election? I, I just I think people are going to feel fairly cynical about it. And yes, it's only 
full quotes around only, a 3.7 and a 3.8% increase coming up, which is around $75 for the average $380,000 home. But let's not forget that those utility rates are skyrocketing. They're going to go up on average 4% each year ad infinitum, and that's on top of the already horrendous water and sewer rate increases last year. So where is there room for the little guy in all of this? Uh, maybe if you live in a multi-million dollar mansion somewhere, you can, you can afford it. Uh, but for the average property taxpayer and for people living in extremely difficult financial circumstances, this is just getting way out of line. And I just want to point out that they did a civic services review. And what did that civic services review result in? They're going to increase the number of full-time equivalent employees. I would have thought they would have been going in the other direction. So uh, this billion-dollar budget just doesn't cut it for me. Okay, so we've got three kind of going, yeah, thumbs down, not such an exciting budget in terms of that. And um, So let's go over to RA now in terms of your thoughts. It's a great, great pre-election budget for the entire group of council that is virtue signaling their, to their electoral base. This is entirely built, and forget about the numbers, the numbers to the average citizen, they don't mean anything. They really don't get it. They don't connect. But what the city council has done is positioned themselves for next year where they can now present themselves to what they believe is the pressing issue, which is save our planet, you know, the crisis emergency, which I've got a huge question about the definition of emergency, but we've gone into that before. And then even, I mean, Pat talked about this, and this is where Pat and I agree. Um, they didn't look internally. They didn't actually look at to say, we're spending this much money, where can we save money? Um, just the number of consultants involved in social issues uh, alone, to me, seems a little bit ridiculous. Okay, before we go to a round here, I'm just going to insert something that was one of the news stories. And so one of the, uh, there was a news story that came out in response from, of course, the typicals that we would say of, um, you know, organizations in town representing business. So Darla uh, Lindbergh, um, actually, or I think Linder is uh, um, the chief executive office for the chamber. So she came out and said, uh, this is a quote from an article in the Star Phoenix, so shout out to Phil Tank for writing this one, I guess. And uh, says, we had expected to see a small increase above the rise of inflation based on what was presented, um, but urged City Hall to try harder to find efficiencies and savings and added surveys of Saskatoon's business community show high taxation among the top concerns. And then, of course, we have the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, who also um, piped in and said the increase in spending on the final day of deliberations was disappointing because for those that were following along um, in the budget, there were three days of deliberations. Day one was kind of on policing, and then day two was kind of on some of the infrastructure, and then day three was kind of a listing of various different events. And so on that last day, they did push through some stuff, and it took it from a 3.15 and a 3.41, respectively, to 3.7 and 3.5. So there's a bit of a change on that last day where it kind of went up a bit based on the listing of stuff. So kind of interesting. So hearing that, what the business community is saying, and Jeff, yourself being a business guy, the Saskatoon YXE guy, thoughts on second round when you're hearing your panel members here? Well, <clears throat> I think there, there was some positioning 
moving forward for for next year and and um, I think that city council uh, has a different view of Saskatoon than citizens have and and that's what I, I took out of that um, their appetite for projects and and maybe some pet projects is a lot higher than I think everyday citizens have and so um, this this council, I think, needed to do a better job of being in opposition to the administration and have some healthy, more healthy discussion on on ways to um, uh, bring more value. And so, you know, first time we or whenever we talk about, um, you know, how to find efficiencies at city council administration either jacks up fees and 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 creates those user fees or they they lower the services that are being offered and um i don't think that we saw a real discussion on on you know how many ftes we have and and we saw it even with the the city police uh, I can't remember the number exactly. I, I think they were asking for eight. I think, I think plus it was a eight. couple more. Yeah. yeah, and and so one of the things I saw in total. Yeah, yeah, and when it, when I saw that discussion though, they talked about how they were taking officers out of certain areas, and they were moving administration or administrative staff into those areas, and I thought that was really you know creative. But can we do more of that? And I wonder if that discussion is being had. And and so um, uh, I, I'm just concerned that 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 we never question increasing or we're not questioning enough the increased labor that we have at the city and and what those costs are going to be moving forward. We talked about this last week. I threw out the number that a hundred thousand dollars a year to move transit detour signs. That's the number that came from transit, and city council never questioned it. They never. And I've asked my counselor now twice, two weeks in a row. Explain to me how that comes. Give me the raw numbers that say we're going out 180,000 times to move a sign. Okay, each time takes 20 minutes. There's the number that works it out. But challenge this, the status quo and say, is there a better way to do this? Right? Are we using mm-hmm. utility guys who are at the lower end of the scale or are we using management to do it? Like, what is the deal? But there's a real resistance to turn the mirror inwards. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you there. I mean, before you spend more money on somebody new, let's make sure we're getting everything out of the people we mm-hmm. have. And not to say that the majority of city employees do not do a great no, job. No, no, that's do. not what I'm saying at and all. And I don't yeah. think any of us yeah. are saying that. They are hard work and they're dedicated. Yep. They're just trapped in a, in a system that sometimes just turns them into cogs. I want to zero back to the police budget increase uh, because it actually is 15 full-time equivalent positions, uh, 10 for frontline response and, uh, and then the balance for administrative. Now, what they're saying is they need eight new officers to supervise the um, um, uh, safe consumption site that will be located uh, right at the intersection of Pleasant Hill and Riversdale. Uh, I've seen safe consumption sites in Europe, and that's what they are, is safe consumption sites. They're not sites for a concentration of police officers to be gathering around to see who's going to be fencing what, because if people are consuming safely, they're not fencing. So I'm, I'm wondering about that rationale. Maybe, uh, maybe initially... They need it, but I would think that they could be working hand in glove with the Saskatoon Tribal Council, who are sponsoring this, Mm. and uh, 
I would hope that there could be a more proactive response and something that is is thought through for the long term. Wendy? You know, I think this is a, this is a little game they're playing because a lot of people, and this is what I hear on my end, you know, working retail, is that they really think that these sites are unsafe, the community, not necessarily the police, not necessarily anybody who's working for the city, but there is this general feeling that it is going to bring out the undesirables and that people don't feel safe and that this bad things are going to happen. There is... And it's not based on anything other than not wanting that. It's it's the not in my backyard mentality. So I don't know the experience you see out of Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto. um, There's some data there that says that rates, crime rates, go up when these. uh, And I'm not necessarily challenging the need of a safe consumption site. That's a whole other philosophical debate. But there's a there is a real correlation between. What happens when a consumption site is created and what happens in the surrounding areas? Well, control the pawn shops then a little bit better. Well, and, yeah. and my question, though, is is why don't we, uh, instead of asking for, for more staff and increasing these budgets uh, today, why don't you come back next budget after you have some experience of what's actually happening out there? So I, I feel like the police service was actually playing to people's emotion, and it was easy for them to do that and easy for them to, you know, uh, to to uh, uh, convince the public that this is a good idea. But the numbers and in those neighborhoods are already high. before the consumption So then why didn't we have those police officers already then? I, yeah, they, exactly. should have, they should have been there already. So, but, so, so that's my now concern. Now they've got them. And, and what about increasing the um, safe apartments initiative, whose actual name I forget, but where we had a person working for the Saskatoon Police Service who would go out and uh, do a scan for uh, the the landlords and say, listen, don't you think you should fix the front door so that people at least have, have a locked front door and uh, here's what you can do to increase the lighting on your premises and so forth. That's where you, you're going to be having a, a better uh, and more powerful impact on people's lives rather than simply having more cops walking by, watching and saying, oh yeah, there goes Joe again. Well, Wendy, I think you were wanting to pipe in here. Um, I, there is a remarkable amount of, of domestic crime, and you're right about the apartments. I, I don't know how many times people have said, you know, I was, I was going home, there was some strange guy in the hallway, my kids had to walk past that guy. You know, like, we're not, like... I've, and I've gone to visit friends... And uh, you can just walk in. There's, it's it's a nightmare in the making. And I don't know, if, like, and this is one of those things that people don't report because they don't see that there's any point. Jeff, you want to jump in? I, I, just before we put boots on the ground from the city police, you know, the the, the downtown, uh, the the bid has those um, officers, safety community the, safety the, workers, the community yeah. safety liaison workers officers. or liaison officers yeah. that are are boots on the ground already. And so before we're we're adding uh, more city police, I'd be more interested in adding to that service. And we know where the safe consumption site is, and 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 moving in that direction before I'm 
putting eight new police officers, you know, and cars and training and all of the budgetary uh, uh, costs that come along with that. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really concerned that we're not looking at those numbers. You know, Lenore, I think you're having an intellectual love-in here. <laughs> and uh, we, we got people representing left, center, uh, right, and ultra-right. Uh, but we're all agreed. And yet, on city council, you've got supposedly nine center and left and two center and right people. And uh, they've got six, five votes all the time. Uh, what's going on? I'm just going to interlude here to say for folks that are just tuning in, this is Civically Speaking. I'm your host, Lenore Swiston. I've got Ari Avivi, Pat Laurier, Wendy Cooper, and Jeff Jackson that are here. And we're talking about the city budget. And we're talking about how we're having a little bit of a love-in, <laughs> so to speak, in terms of, ah, we're giving it a meh in terms of, of, of uh, a budget, in terms of what's being prioritized and, and kind of how it's rolling out. So thank you for two years. We kind of know a little bit of a heads up that way. But what's this an indicator really of? Ari, next to you. Oh, Pat, Pat, Pat. To think that you and I are aligned is so such a weird moment entirely. Um, you know what, Pat? I agree with you. There has to be... We some... are both human beings, and hopefully we are both polite. Oh, we are very polite, and we respect each other's opinions, but to say we're aligned is just not happening. Um, you look at the building. You, you brought up the buildings, and landlords have to be held responsible, and the repairs have to be done. I agree. And tenants have to be held responsible. The tenant who kicks in the door or who doesn't do that, the person who's hanging out there, the people that are in those places that are damaging their own property for whatever reason, it's twofold. You have to have both sides yeah, accountable. Ari, the program I'm referring to does focus equally on landlords and tenants. But you do need the you do need the boots on the ground to take the people who don't follow the collective rules. So to, to say there's got to be a balance. Somebody's got to enforce the landlord and somebody's got to enforce the tenant. So we could go off on a tangent here because I see that as a bit tangential. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, I mean, yeah. it's good to have diversity of opinion. So we're good on that. What I do want to bring it back to in terms of the loop to budget, and I just I want to do a little bit of a rapid fire on each one of you. Things that we didn't hear much about in the budget that I just want to get a bit of a litmus test from you. Transit. We have a bus rapid transit system that's coming online. We didn't, it didn't come out in this because it's not rolling out to much later on, kind of in the, de in the decades, if it does, kind of 2026 is kind of where they're thinking. So just a response to that, because I think I've had students in my classes that just said, like, transit's important to me. It's a major player. When we look at it listed, it's number two in terms of budget um, highlights. But yet the discussion of it was very minimal that it was in the public. I think that was very strategic. I think they're waiting until after the budget, or sorry, after uh, the election moving forward. What was interesting was that they did talk about uh, adding two additions to transit, and one of them was a former city uh, manager coming to city council, pleading with them yeah. to spend money on an extension out to Rosewood. And which was really interesting. Yep. Nobody asked him the question why he didn't push for that when he was city manager. But it, what's interesting is that there is no real like um, plan that, that that I saw from that exactly. discussion that showed us that there actually had a plan, a concerted plan about how to address the extensions going into new neighborhoods or for that matter, even existing neighborhoods. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. a, but there's not even any consideration of is this necessarily the best way to run a transit system should we have it hub and spoke and and does every person uh when you've got 
two cars and a family and uh, in a household and and you're living in the burbs because that's where you choose to. Why are we running transit out there? Why aren't we increasing transit efficiency and effectiveness in the inner city neighborhoods where people don't have options and they do use the buses. I just really question running a bus out to Rosewood that's going to have one, maybe two people on it in an eight-hour shift when when people are hanging out the windows on the buses going up and down 20th Street. Anybody 22nd, rather. Jump in on this. Oh, I could jump all over that one. But in general, why they didn't talk about the buses <laughs> is because it doesn't have the social cred, the sex appeal that it, the environment does. They spend a lot of time talking about the landfill. They spend a lot of time thinking, we're going to put money away to green capture gas and to do all of these kind of things. But there was really, there's nothing sexy to their electorate, to their their voting base to say, oh, we're going to talk about buses. Uh, except for the electric side. If they talked about electric, and then people went, woo, woo, we're saving the planet. Well, and, and to be fair to them, they did, they budgeted, they put aside uh, $31 million almost for 2020 for transit operations and uh, another $32 million in 2021 for transit operations. So the money is going into transit, but you're right. It's not a sexy uh, middle-class vote-getter. Jeff? Well, this budget was about organics and greens and recycling and all of that. That The, the bus or transit discussion will come next year, right? And and so so they'll move forward with it then. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I think that's that's that was the what they were trying to accomplish this year, and and so uh, we know that that we're going to have um, um, rapid transit coming to 2022. I think it is 2021 or 2022 on 8th Street. Then there's there's 22, yeah. 23, yeah. there's 26. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few dates yeah. that I don't know. So um, I, I just don't appreciate when we do we have a plan? Can we stick to it? And then it gets derailed at, at council at, at budget time. And, and that's really concerning to me. And that must be really tough on administration, too, um, with, with, with transit. Now they have to go back and they have to build a plan that can fit in someone's pamphlet for Rosewood to say that they have bus service running out to it. And that's a concern that that's, you know, being paid for on our dime. Wendy, anything that you want to pipe in on that? Yeah, like while Rosewood and that, like they are, are often two car families and everything else, there's still people who are retired that shouldn't be driving, there's still teenagers that need to do stuff. Um, I don't want, you know, Oliver, when he's 16, to think that he can use my car whenever. So there is, there's probably a need, and maybe they need to look at specific times and not have it run all day. Um, I think that some people, and this is a shout-out to Hillary, who's, who can't be here, but she uses the bus. She has a car, but she uses the bus because she doesn't want to just use fossil fuels every time she has to do stuff. And sometimes, especially when she um, is working downtown, it's there's parking is an issue and everything else. So if you don't want to have to pay a mountain of money to parking, you use transit because... Once you're downtown, it's really, most things aren't that far. Um, whether or not they need to be running, st- like, all the way out to Rosewood, I don't know. But maybe we need to come up with something that has, like, a hub where you can go park your car and then bus the rest of the way. 
or whatever. But, you know, I, I think not using up every bit of fossil fuel we have is not necessarily a bad thing. This this half hour seems to be going by in a flying rate in the last few minutes here, and thank you for that. I want to test another one here that didn't get too much of a mention. It got 1.5 temporary FTE positions to deal with property maintenance and nuisance complaints. You know which one I'm speaking of. Yeah, it's fire. Great. Okay, thoughts on that, guys, because there's another one linked right to what we're seeing in a lot of neighborhoods, particularly the core Pleasant Hill being a focus on that, talking about property maintenance, talking about boarded up houses. This is an issue where I live in Caswell Hill. I've been meeting with the with the community liaison officer as, as recently as this morning as a community association. It's a flag, and yet when we ask the question, okay, how is this going to be dealt with, it's just like they're going to try and do it with what they got pretty much. Thoughts on that? No, I, I think they've identified that there's a backlog, and and so they came up with a, a plan and one and a half staff. I, I I like that they they've they've identified the need and they can quantify it and show that there's that backlog, and and so that they came forward, unlike other departments. What'll be interesting to see if that's enough, because I almost feel, and that was you could hear that that was some of the public sentiment, even by the media themselves, saying, are you sure you asked for enough? Because you've got your equivalent of police that have really asked for a lot, especially in a, in a very condensed area when we're talking about something that was very targeted, and yet there's fire that's doing a huge amount of work out there, you know, in terms of trying to control, in terms of property all across the city, and yet 1.5 temporary um, FTE. So it's interesting. So there they're really trying to, 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 to work their plan from internal without having it have an implication to us as, as taxpayers. I find that very curious. Yeah, big shout out to the fire department. Very they do so. an excellent job. And, and they are the forgotten uh, heroes in, in the civil service. Mm-hmm. Then the other one that I want to talk about too, and I'll go to just the last minute here in like 20 seconds, is the actual transportation related, which is really high. Again, not that much talked about, really. So if we're looking at the basics of what a city handles, it's very curious about what kind of rows and policing got the anchor this time, but it end waste. And that, as you said, so just as, a, as amusing there. But to be fair, they did do a lot in terms of improving the street conditions last year. And I would think that money is in the budget now, so it's just to keep building on it and go forward. Yeah, and that is exactly what they have. Guess what, guys? We are a wrap. We've come to the end of it. Thanks so much, YXE guy. Jeff Jackson, Wendy Cooper, you can find her at Wendy Cooper, Pat Laurier, and Aria Vivi. So thanks so much to the four of you for coming on. Uh, next week, there'll be further stuff on kind of where the city's at. We've got Airbnb's talking about, we've got development levies, and we're also talking about sort of some of the identifiers around some of those key capital the things that are going to be moved around on the surface, and a little touch base maybe on the farmer's market too. So take care, everybody. Have yourself a great evening. Up next is the USSU show. TrustedSaskatoon.com TrustedSaskatoon.com's user-friendly website just got friendlier. There's been hundreds of thousands of people just like you who've already been helped by TrustedSaskatoon.com. The directory is the smart and simple choice for a stress-free customer experience. We've done the research for you and found the city's most trusted business.